<laughs> we sometimes start this podcast off a little bit grim, dark times. I thought I'd just open with a bit of a giggle. Why are you in such a great mood, Jim? You seem I- I- ebullient. Oh, no, 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 no. I wish the earth and everything on it would, would erupt in a great conflagration that would finally fix everything by destroying everything. <laughs> um, but I just thought that the listeners might appreciate um, a show that wasn't, you know, quite too downbeat and not disgusting either. We're going to keep it clean. I found it a little bit spooky at the start. I wasn't sure if you were like, oh, summons over. We've hit September. It's Halloween. We now. I didn't know if, you know if you're one of those types. Oh, oh, heavens no, heavens no. No, you're not. You're not. It's it's September first. Halloween has begun. No, that's that's absurd and and very American. Um, and I'm not that American. Give it time. But, but uh, Halloween is Halloween is my favourite holiday. But I I observe holidays on the day that they exist. You know, I mean. Once it turns October, don't get me wrong, I'll be walking into every Walgreens in the country, squeezing all the pumpkin stress balls and waving my hand in front of motion sensors so a plastic, some sort of plastic Igor can go, pleasant screams. (laughs) Oh, oh, you spooked me. Or get one of them little round balls where they put a cloth over it and then just put a really cheap you know, three dots on it to be a ghost. And and it lights up inside and it hangs on a string and it goes... The one house that I've always really respected its, its Halloween decor is this sort of like purple and black cottage I used to walk past that was Halloween decked out entirely the full year. Like, fake cobwebs and all. Mm. Right through the middle of summer, and I was like, y- "You're dedicated to the aesthetic. I will give you that." Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, this is welcome uh, to the official September Halloween episode of Podquisition. Uh, you know, I hope, I hope you've been carving your pumpkins. I have, but these leggings are quite tight. So, Jim, Jim, look at you. It's two and a half minutes, and you introduced what show we're on. Oh no! Wow. <laughs> Two and a half minutes, that's less than the length of a regular radio pop song. And you told us where we were. I haven't shaken off the rust from last week where I had to try and be normal. <laughs> like, my bullshit's rusty, and there's nothing worse than rusty bullshit. Oh, it can't be dealing with that. No. Thank you. It would be unbecoming of a champion regent. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, you know, that's what I was going to bring up. I thought that that might be ah. why you were in such good spirits. Oh, oh, what, this old thing? Sorry, this? Oh, don't, don't. I love it. I love that he oh, had to reach, I, I love, you had to reach behind to get it. It's an audio medium. No one can see you. It doesn't matter if anyone can see. Yeah. They can feel me, Conrad. <laughs> they can feel the power that I now feel coursing through my veins as 10 pounds of gold rest on my shoulders, which, to be honest, I don't need the weight added. They'll be able to hear the power in your voice, the raised confidence, the uh, oh, the mean. knowledge and security you now hold. There's something about holding a title belt that you earned that makes you feel spectacular. Oh, it's, it's nice to have, like, a powerful object you can go, I want to feel really... I just want to feel powerful. Let's go get the thing. Yeah, and it sure as shit has never been my knob. No, it's your knob not make you feel powerful. Pointless waste of time. 
it's a pointless, oh. it's a pointless waste of time and it's knackered. So I just send it out to pasture. Take it out the back and give it the old yellow treatment. That's what you need to do with my knob. But this gold though, Oh yeah, the, the the spoils of the aftermath of your your, your weekend doing the polygolt party. I went to a little weekend thing. You did some some. You were a wrestle thing. I went to a wrestle thing. You you got to say words about wrestles while people who were very very flamboyant did a wrestle in front of a pan flag. I mean, you know, and it's hard to like compete with how fabulous everybody was there, but you really were rocking it in that ring this weekend. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say I held my own. Yeah. When when you're next to wrestlers like Effie oh. or A Still Life with Apricots and Pears, um, or, or, you know, the, the, the team that was with um, Effie, Golden Sheik International, if you're, if you're Calvin Couture and Tyler Klein, like, it's tough to hang in those circles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, co- comrade, who was it that came out to a really good piece of music that we got really hyped about? With a very good Freddie Mercury energy. Oh. Oh, that would have been um, Adam Palace. Yes. Yes. Gosh. That was some, that was some good energy that day. Uh, I couldn't help trying to do his announcement in tune. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, so um, I was at Pittsburgh this weekend for MV Young's Polycult Party, uh, which was broadcast live on Twitch as well, you all know. Um, a lot of lot of people turned up uh, to the stream, uh, not to the event, which was secret location, invite only, you know, social distance. We'd had like marked off areas and everything. And it was a great show. And I did ring announcing. I sort of acted as, as host for the evening. Which, and I'd never done ring announcing before outside of a couple sort of heel manager introducing my own wrestlers kind of kind of shenanigans. Yeah. And I did pretty good. So there's a couple mess ups, but a lot of that was down to just the, the fact that I had prepped beforehand, which I rarely do and should never do for wrestling. <laughs> There is it, it. It makes it worse if you prep for a wrestling show before it starts, because it will change often during the show. Yeah, as it did, which is why I messed up uh, Chase Holiday's name, and he looked at me like I was the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> oh. uh, but I didn't. I don't feel too bad about it, just because it wasn't entirely my. F- it wasn't really my fault. You did great, though. It was. It was a delight to watch you in your element. Oh, and I mean, to, just to speak up the the the. Level of acceptance and, and openness and just open queerness of the show. Like, can you imagine if I tried turning up to one of my Mississippi wrestling shows in a fucking skirt? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't no. I wouldn't dare go out the house. No. You know, I was very nervous about coming out in public in some of that stuff anyway. I mean I mean at the very least I I looked like I should be going somewhere. <laughs> um but actually going there and just it feeling normal. Like no one even looks twice. Yeah. It's just that's who that person is. No, and it was it's a great it was a great show and people can go watch it. It should oh, be yeah. said. You can still go see the VOD on twitch.tv slash go professional wrestling and you should. It's a lot of fun. And I keep seeing a lot of response from people who are like I didn't realize wrestling could be this queer. Right. And it absolutely can. And it's really fun. Uh, yeah. And MV Young is onto something. Yeah. MV yeah. Young is onto something. Um, I don't want to give too many details yet, but there, it's looking like there's going to be more and it's looking like I'm going to be sort of really on board with it. Um, I mean, MV knows I'm going to help any way I can because this is the kind of wrestling I, I you know, the Chikara thing was always where I wanted to go. But I think there is a 
I'm not going to guarantee it. There's a possibility this could be so much more. Well, it's a difference between, you know, coming to the place and joining the thing that's the best option and discovering that there's an even better possibility. And, you know, it's it's not just fitting yourself into this business, but finding a way to uh, f- help progress it in some interesting ways. And I think that's really, really cool what's happening right now. For sure. For sure. Um, sorry, if you're hearing any scuffling, it's just it is uncomfortable to have a title belt on your shoulder mm. for an entire podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, you shoulder the weight well. Well, you know, heavy is the shoulder that bears the gold. <laughs> but but this is this is what a champion regent must do. Um, for those unaware, by the way, um, I run Rise Wrestling as general manager, sort of the Vince McMahon kind of thing, um, except I'm not a cruel and crude piece of shit like he is. Um, I'm crude, but not quite as big a piece of shit. Um, But yeah, I run there, and because of the whole lockdown and everything, I stripped all current champions of their titles. It's only fair they couldn't defend them. And then I worried, worried purely out of, you know, out of a genuine love for Rise. Um, I was worried that the title would slip into some form of obscurity and wouldn't stay prominent and, and wouldn't be as prestigious as it could be um, when we come back to Rise. So I made sure that, that I would have it. Right. You, you would be there to represent it and to make sure that it has all the prestige. Yeah. And merely as a representative. Sure. sure. Like, I'm not, the ch- I'm not Rise's grand champion. No. But I, it is my duty and privilege to represent Rise's champion region and carry the belt around and, and really just just feel like one. Yeah. So anyway, that was my weekend. It was very good. Thank you again for everyone who turned up. It was it was a s- stressful, busy day, but also very fun and well worth it for the end result, I think. With that, with that out of the way and done, we should get on to video games because there's a lot of them to talk about this week. There's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit and some games we actually played that, that weren't the bullshit. I'm going to put my belt up now. Who's got a game they want to talk about? Who wants to talk about something? I mean, it's either going to be you or Jim, probably, because the things I have to say are not going to be... I mean, we know what's coming from me, right? I played more Fall Guys. <laughs> oh! I mean, you played one new thing this week. I did play one new thing this week. We um, can leave that till later if you like, or we can. Well, okay. So I, I, you know, I played Fall Guys. I'm bad at Fall Guys now, Conrad. You're, you're the best player on the street. I don't, I don't, I. That's questionable too. But it has. I, I saw you win three crowns in a row on a live stream, Conrad. Conrad Zimmerman on Twitch. Yeah, I did win three crowns on a stream. Yeah. And I've I've gone several streams in a row without any crowns. I think Conrad's taken taken the, the the championship. It's become really different. Just like a switch has been made in the last two weeks in terms of how aggressive players are yeah. and how much more strategic play I'm seeing out of them, and I find that fascinating. Yeah, and I'm curious how much that will or won't reset when season two starts. Right. How much drop off there's going to be from new games, or how much is people have got the mindset of it now and they're going to keep playing aggressive? Uh, yeah, well, and, and I think there might have to be a point at which people are, you know, they're going to have to figure out new levels, and they're going to figure out the new switch you know the new strategies that work in these stages but i think that this is the inevitable cycle of it we're gonna have a brief period of time where everyone is scrambling in its total chaos and then it slowly refines to where there's still a lot of that chaos in there because it's a fucking 60 person game and that's bound to happen but you're gonna start to see real refinement and through observation spread of strategies so like Hmm. rollout I've bitched endlessly about Rollout not being that interesting a game. 
now it's getting interesting. For one thing, you know, yes. they've spun up the speeds uh, in, in some respects. They've they've adjusted some of the stage design. They've made more gaps and they've made uh, a higher number of those very thin strips right. of, of surface. But as always seems to be the case in competitive games, quote competitive because I still don't feel like this is a super competitive game (laughs) but people are finding now ways to really make use of that you can't go onto a far end in rollout and feel safe anymore because Um, a player if you're on a narrow strip near the end a player will see that and push your ass off the edge so basically all it took for me to be bad at full guys was for more people to be good at Fall Guys. Right. I mean, more people to be grabby assholes in Fall Guys. Well, yeah, to think about Fall Guys as a, you know, uh, I win by making you lose sort of thing, as opposed yeah. to I simply win by outlasting you in a skill set. Yeah. The game that has, I've seen the most drastic change in how people play to that sort of, I win by making you lose mindset, is Slime Climb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And people realizing, yeah, if I... If I can just make it so you can't finish, I could I could get first place on round three and get the crown. Yeah. Like, that's theoretically doable if I fuck enough of you over. I can't wait for season two. Yeah. It, it's... I'm, I'm... It needs to be shaken up again pretty soon. Yeah. Um, now we've got, what, I think maybe two more weeks or a little over two weeks left in the season. I, I, that's the impression I'm getting. Something I reckon like within, within a couple of weeks we're, we're done. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm very, very excited for what comes next. And I'm not quite finished the season yet, but I'm actually going to do it. I'm close enough. I think yeah. I'm like five levels away. So I'm I'm about the same. I am in those those 30s. Like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get through this season pass before it's done. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm still having fun with it. I am still fascinated by the way it continues to organically grow and change through its players, as well as the little tweaks that they're making. It's it's keeping it dynamic enough that I don't feel bored in uh, as I play it. There, there's still a few games now where it's like, all right, I get it, and this isn't going to... I don't have to pay attention so much to this. You know, like Whirly Gig, you see come up and you're like, yeah, going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, but, but fucking Fruit Shoot, I'm scared of Fruit Shoot now. Holy crap. Oh, I, I still love Fruit Shoot. Fruit Shoot's great. Ever since I became bad at Full God, I don't know if I mentioned that yet. <laughs> um, it, I, I haven't won it. I'm, it's over for me. I am done. I told you yesterday, Conrad, I'm, I'm at last I've become a broken old sea hag like we all knew it was coming. Mm. Mm-hmm. Old mm-hmm. and bent over, back and knees fucked because I'm done. I might as well live in a cave. <laughs> PC version is rotten still. It, it is. I'm glad I'm playing exclusively on PS4 and nothing else. Uh, yeah. I couldn't handle it on PC. I'm glad that's where I put my my investment. Now, soon enough, I'm going to get back to my normal bean and put that on the Twitch stream and stop playing a stupid fucking PC version. Stupid PC version. Everyone's cheating, pigeon knocking me over. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm, it's still my default game I'm going to on streaming nights where it's like, I don't have something new or specific to stream, more Fall Guys. Yep. Right? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the first day, you know, after I get 
finished recording this, I'm gonna hop on the stream. This will be the first time I've played anything other than Fall Guys on my stream in weeks. Oh, thank God. I'm sick of watching only you play Fall Guys, Conrad. What are, what are you streaming tonight? I'm curious now. Well, that's that's the other game that I played this week. Ah. Oh, oh well, should we, should we get to that later then, shall we? No, we just do it real quick. I, I picked up uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. I've only played the warehouse stage. I, I still have one goal left to do in it and i mean i remember the last time they tried to do this right a few years ago they tried to re-release yeah. tony hawk pro skater in hd mm. and it was dog shit like it was it was so so bad and this is what i wanted that to be yeah so far um yeah it 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 is a good feeling Tony Hawk that feels like you remember the old one, even if it probably isn't really much like the old one, but it feels like it. You know, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to... I really do believe it feels like the old one. There are aspects of it that are clearly different. Like, the, uh, um, you know, recovery uh, is a bit faster, and it's got that kind of funky animation, uh, you know, the digital thing that... All right, whatever. Um, it's fine. But... You have to understand, the year that I was, I think from the the ages of 20, 19 to 21, this is what I did, mm. was play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um, I had a roommate at this point. I had just dropped out of college when Pro Skater 2 came out. I'd been living with them for a month or two. And he he was the one who'd introduced me to the first one. We were both hard in, and we had to buy two copies uh. because there was no fucking way we were both going to be able to. And we so we would be in uh, bedrooms, opposite ends of the apartment. Tony Hawk going six hour marathons. It got to a point where we were competing on. All right, so who can get the biggest multi million point trick? It was bad that sounds great not bad no it was phenomenal <laughs> i mean it was really wonderful and it was a great experience but now you know it i have that such a strong connection to tony hawk pro skater one and two specifically that i think if it were wrong i would know mm. like i would know on an instinctive level like the way that i know that they re-engineered the poe album from 2000 haunted at some point around 2009 when they reissued the album it's slightly different and i only know that because a i listened to that album for five years and know every single note in it and two i have like five copies of it from that time that i can compare it to the new master <laughs> um and i feel the same way about tony hawk pro skater one and two i'm not deep into it again I'm just in the warehouse, but I genuinely feel that if the last 20 years haven't completely robbed me of all my reflex capacity, I could be just as good at this game as I was at that one, because it is the same game. I am really happy to hear that. My brother and my mutual friend Louis played that thing all the time. I love the Tony Hawk games. 
I just watched them. Not that good at them. I, I was never good at them, but I always enjoyed them. They, they were always the game that I played whenever I went to a friend's house. I never owned them, but they were like, ah, oh, I've, I've come around your house. We're just going to play this all day. Mm. And it was great. And it's a series that as it expanded and, and spread out and it got to be kind of overwhelming in terms of scope... It, it, it was easy to tune out from and kind of lose interest for me. And this, you know, tight, small levels, very arcade approach with its goals. This is it's very easy to pick it up, do it for a little bit, you know, then do it for a lot and then and then not stop for like, you know, until it's 6 a.m. And 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 Goldfinger's. Superman is the only thing that you hear as you go to sleep at night, ringing and ringing in your ears, on and on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good to know. I'm glad they didn't cock it up. No, they have not cocked it up. It's nice to have a widely accepted good Tony Hawk again. <laughs> yep. Oh, and oh, God, thank God the music's all there. Oh. Because uh, I'd have been real mad if Dead Kennedy's police truck somehow fell off the soundtrack. Yeah, that's always the thing with bringing back a game of that age. It's like, yeah, can you still get the rights to all the things that people actually liked? The music industry is scum. Mm. And the music industry should shove it up its ass and fuck off. Agreed. After it's shoved it up its ass. Agreed. Uh, Anybody else play anything? Uh, me and Jim both played the same game, and I have no idea what Jim thinks of it. So, uh, you played some Paradise Killer this week. Oh, 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 anal protrusions. Yes, I did. <laughs> Paradise Killer. I bought it for my trip. Oh, for the for the train, yeah. Yeah, but because I probably almost definitely got ADHD, I didn't play it on the way up to Pittsburgh. <laughs> got distracted. I get bored of the idea of doing things I want to do because that's how that works. Neurodiverse brains are great, huh? I'm like that film Divergent, which I haven't seen. Anyway, Paradise Killer, I did play a bit of it on the way back. Mm. Um and tried to play a bit of it when I got home, but my Joy-Cons are, like, laggy. Oh, yeah. And it really annoyed me, so I stopped. I was like, if this carries on, I'm going to put my head through a window. So, but I have played a bit of it. Yeah. I really am intrigued. It yeah. feels like it's going to turn into a very excellent game. So far, I'm not. I'm just not far enough to fully judge that yet. But I do feel like this is going to be good. Should we sum up what it is for people? Because we've not said what it is. Yeah. I've, I've been really interested in this game for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, I met the developers like a couple of years ago, like just interviewing like small indie devs in the UK. And the, it's a couple of people that used to work at uh, Supermassive on stuff like Until Dawn. Mm -hmm. And it's basically murder mystery set in a big old open world, very over the top neon character designs. And the whole gimmick is that you never get told if you found the correct person who's done a crime. You find uh, evidence of varying kinds and you go, I think this person did it. You present the bits of evidence you found and the court will either go, yeah, you got it right. Or uh, they'll either go, yeah, we, that's enough evidence. We can put that person behind bars or... Nah, that doesn't seem like a strong case. In a Her Story-esque way, it doesn't tell you if you actually found the right person, just that you found enough evidence to put someone away. Right, that's, yeah, because I haven't got far enough to properly try the trials, mm. but that seemed to be the pickup was, it doesn't matter if 
canonically it's right or wrong, you're there to get a conviction. And honestly, that's how courts actually work. Well, you yeah. never, yeah, you you know if you got a person convicted guilty, you don't know if they did it. <laughs> Who whoever could, unless it was filmed. Yeah, so it's bit open world. Go t- get a bunch of evidence from a bunch of people. Work out who you think done it. Yeah, those character designs are so good. Oh, the character <laughs> designs are amazing. Really inventive. Really inventive. Mm. Um, to give you like like a little more of an idea of how it how it plays, think of something like. Hotel Dusk. Mm. It's been compared to Phoenix Wright a lot, but I think the the added freedom of wandering around gives it a little bit more of a Hotel Dusk vibe. Uh, But it's that similar thing. It's got that visual novel approach, but with an open world, more interactivity going on. It's a bit like some of the later Danganronpas in the or going around in first person, finding people to talk to, finding bits of evidence that might be around. And, And the style... I think it's got an excellent soundtrack, which has been incredibly praised. Um, but the, the visual style and, and things like the naming conventions make me think of Grasshopper games, makes me think of Killer7 yeah. or something. Like, the main character is called Lady Love Dies. And I'm like, mm. that that is that is exquisitely over-stylish. That's too yeah. stylish, but I like it because of that. I've been really enjoying the world building and the fact that it's not been too handholdy about its over-the-top world building. It throws you into a world that is very, very over-the-top and just goes, oh yeah, we're just going to talk about things as if you already know what they are and you'll, you'll pick them up as we go. Normally I get very... Un- I, I hated how Final Fantasy Thirteen often felt like you'd stumbled in on a conversation and no one bothered to fill you in. But this one, it's got that kind of... It's it's, it's sparing on the law so that you don't rely on it too much to follow the actual thread of the story. Yeah, they're like, this law is completely unimportant. It's flavour text. Don't get hung up on it. But we're going to, like, allude to some really bizarre shit that you can just have floating around in your head. And the, the, the general, like, basic concept of the game's world is explained adequately enough yeah. that you have the tools to piece everything else together without the need to go looking in in-game encyclopedias that give you whole essays on why this character did this thing and why you should even begin to give a shit. Square Alex. Also, for a, for a game like this that is so open and is about solving big old mysteries, a lot of I have a lot of praise for the the fantastic way that this game organizes all of its clues in the menu system Mm. where you can sort it by like okay well for this particular case what evidence do i have against this person pro and con it like sort it organizes it all so nicely that you can see at a glance here's what's stacking up against each person on a specific crime and here's reminders of oh you've not checked up on that person's alibi you've not uh, followed up on this piece of information yeah it gives you more it gives you more information from what i've seen again i've, I've not gone too far but it, it seems to give you more information and more context for that information than something like a phoenix Wright would where sometimes i feel like I'm almost stabbing in the dark, just hoping this piece of evidence contradicts this thing. But you have in this one an actual section for evidence that conflicts with alibis from what I saw. Um, And like, it'll give you full paragraphs of like, here is what this person said and here is the thing you found that backs that up or like it'll it'll have like ah oh, this is this person's alibi it could technically work but this is a thing you found that makes it uh, a bit questionable it gives you like that context for the things you've learned which is really nice yeah um i'm looking forward to playing more of it i need to yeah i need to get some uh, better controller i had a pro controller but um that got damaged by dog drool. I, I have a pro control as well. If you're looking for, for like knockoff Joy-Cons that don't go all drifty after a couple of months, I can recommend you some good knockoff Joy-Cons. Justin got some really good like like 
things that felt like an actual controller split in half that went on. Yeah. I think it was just missing rumble, but it was good. Uh, th- those are the um, the hoary uh, Ex Machina controllers. They don't work wirelessly, but they are fantastic. I'm a hoary Ex Machina. <laughs> Nintendo's first party accessories are so fucking expensive this go round. Mm. Yeah. On- honestly, I don't use official Joy-Cons anymore on my Switch. I have my, my hoary ones for handheld mode that are like a full controller on the sides of the switch and i use a pro, pro controller if i have if i'm playing docked i was thinking about getting a second dock for my office you know and i know that there were concerns over bricked uh yeah. consoles and third party ones so i'm like hesitant yeah and i'm sure a lot of that's been sorted by now but i went and looked at the price and i was like fuck i could just buy another switch for a little more money what, <laughs> what am i doing here uh uh but yeah pa- paradise killer i've i've played a bit more of it than jim has i do have some complaints and some things that like are hindering my enjoyment. I'm having some issues with motion sickness with the game, and I think they are to do with the amount of uh, blur when you move the camera. Blur and sway. Yes. I didn't notice it in handheld mode so much, but when I migrated to the TV, yeah, I was like, this sway on the looking is really distracting. Yes. Uh, like, it was at its worst when I had to climb a spiral staircase on oh. the island and I felt fucking horrible. And it's a real shame because the game has, like, a dedicated accessibility menu that you can turn off things like screen shake. I was so hopeful. Just give me some settings to alleviate this motion sickness. No. They need it. Like They, they need to do something about, like, the looking in that game because that is the biggest detractor. I've had to a few times, like, pause and come back to it later, and I'm gonna... It, it's a good enough game that I'm willing to push through that, but it's it's a real hindrance. Yeah. And the other issue for me, at least in the early game, is that open world is really big, and mm. characters you need to talk to are really fucking spread out, and there is a fast travel system, but you have to find currency with which to... You have to go to the place first and have a certain type of currency to unlock the fast travel system, then you have to spend that currency every time you want to fast travel. Mm. The game tries to really disincentivize you using its fast travel system, which I think is a real mistake, considering how big that island is. I didn't know you had to spend to... Like, I, I knew you had to spend to unlock, which is bullshit enough. Yeah, you have to use a blood crystal every time you want to fast travel. Are there a limited number of those? Because so far I've only seen them in what look like designated places. That's that's why I've been really cautious about fast traveling. Is I don't know if they're a limited resource and I don't want to risk using them. So, like, I had an instance where I... Uh, went and talked to this doctor down on a boat, trekked halfway across the island to check his alibi, got like, ah, oh, well, you know, take this evidence back to him, had to walk the whole way back across, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm afraid to fucking use my fast travel tokens. I'm, Because what if I need to use them for this goat that lives in the sewers and has a shop? I mean, yeah, the goat sewer shop... <laughs> Is always a, a, a prevalent thought in the back of my mind. The, these are con- these are problems and things that, like at least in the early game. Also, the map the map doesn't do a good job of when you pick fast travel points. Going, oh, this fast travel point is near to this person. You're making it sound like next week I'm gonna go. It's shit. <laughs> I, I I have my little quibbles with it, and I, I don't want to blow this out of proportion. These are small complaints I've had here and there. Oh, I'm sure they are, but remember, you are talking to me. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I've also found you know how you can use the the thing to the looking thing to find out where people are on the island and how mm, far away they are. Yeah. It doesn't mark on their locations that aren't people. 
Like, I'm currently trying to find somewhere there is a computer I can put put a bit of my blood in and it'll open a big bridge to an island. I was told it was on the South Beach. I went to the South Beach. I can't fucking find it oh. anywhere. And I'm like, I've got the thing that I scan and it points out objectives to me. Tell me where this is. So I have... I have my complaints, but I am really enjoying the characters and the design, and the, the narrative is great. The, the the whole core conceit works really well. I just have these lingering worries. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I'm still going to play it. I, I'm. It's still got my curiosity, but you have described things. Yes, that will bother you. That are like my mortal nemesis. The, this is why I felt the need to mention these things, because I know they're going to be a thing for yeah. you. I mean, it, it does depend what else the game has going for yeah. it. Because, I mean, the shit in the Sinking City, for example, mm. is stuff I would not tolerate Maybe even from better games, but it, it it fed into the way that game was structured well enough, and the game itself was such a charmingly janky mess that the whole thing kind of worked. Yeah, here I'm willing to put up with it so that I can have more conversations with just a skeleton in skinny jeans. I love the red skeleton looking one. Yeah, the the, the bar the bar dude is just a mm. red skeleton in skinny jeans. He's great. <laughs> Uh, Great character design. Yeah. You played anything else this week, Jim? Oh, you betcha. You betcha. What, what have you played? I played Kingdoms of Amala re-reckoning. It's not just regular old reckoning now. They read it. They reckoned it again. They reckoned it again. It's, yeah, new reckoning, new look, new me. Feel fantastic. Uh, Kingdoms of Amala re-reckoning. It's Kingdoms of Amala. Like, it's just it. Some people have, have really been disappointed. I think they were expecting a little more gusto. Yeah, I've I've seen a bunch of reviews of it that are like, I don't know, I don't know I'm disappointed. In what? They up-rezzed it. It looks really pretty. It's not outrageously overdone. There's a lot of like minor problems people have with that game where they're like, if they would just fix this little thing, it would be a much better game. Now that I can agree with. There's a lot of that that hasn't been touched. Sure. There's some there's some dated stuff that it genuinely would have been great. Like, I don't think you need lengthy loading times to get in and out of buildings. Yeah. Especially given the sheer volume of buildings there are. And I feel I feel dissuaded sometimes from going into places just because I don't want to sit through long loading screens. I'm impatient. I get distracted. I couldn't play Paradise Killer on a train. I've already told you about this, listener. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's got annoyances. And there are some bugs that I suspect were always in the game, but none of them have been too bad for me. Mostly just weird physics glitches and stuff. The, the game itself is still real fun. I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't, it's so weird to me that anybody expected anything but this. This is a, this is a THQ Nordic acquisition. Uh, they're trying to make some use of the IP and test out what of their stuff has hope you know, in these these massive acquisitions of IP that they made in the fall of THQ and mm -hmm. and other things they've vacuumed up. They have so much. I think a lot of this is inevitable, but you don't want to put so many resources into something like that that you're re-engineering it either. No. You know, you see if people are still down to, to do it, and then you put out a sequel, and that's the one you re-engineer. I get it. I mean, I can't remember... There being much DLC, if any, for it, that might have influenced stuff because it's not like it's it's not like it's Sleeping Dogs or something, right? Which was one of the early remasters this generation that had plenty of extra DLC to show for itself. I mean, this is it's just. But then again, I didn't see many complaints about the uh, the Darksiders ones. Mm. Yeah, 
I mean, they were already pretty much what they were going to be, too. And they, yeah. they were tight for what they were. If you didn't like Darksiders, that's understandable. I can see why that would be. But if you did, the tra- the changes that would have been necessary to make it better or to make the people who didn't like it suddenly, like, I don't think that's possible yeah. at all. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, probably less that needed to be fixed for Darksiders. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And yeah, there, there's definitely dated stuff. The menus are rubbish. Um, they don't have to be as as yeah deep in as they are. And and it's just a lot of drop downs, and it's it's just not all that fun to navigate. What else is there? Stealth is shit. I don't think I bothered much with stealth um, last time because it's like, well, I'm just going to run around and hit things with a hammer or do spells. And then I I just kept because I I am the way I am and I'm very uh, indecisive. I kept using the respec, which was one of the reasons I loved this game so much. Mm -hmm. It's like this game knew that it had a lot of diversity and a lot of way to play with these um, character classes and skills. And it wanted you to experience them. I, I sometimes talk about games wanting to be played. Mm. It, it, it's a quality that certain games just show where they they just feel like they really are excited about you playing them and want to show you what they can do. And Amala's easy respect, like you can, I did respect within like the first two hours or so. <laughs> um, because stealth is shit. And I, I kept throwing good money after bad. But it'll work in a minute. I only wanted the poison and bleeding and shit that the, the finesse skill tree could do. So I respect and took all the stealth off and put it into other things. But yeah, yeah, I, I it, it's still really fun. And I haven't played it since it first came out. So I haven't played it in nearly a decade. Maybe if people had more recently played it on PC. I know uh, Gavin was doing that. I recently played it on PC too. And, and oh, maybe you did it. It's fine. You know, the camera's just real tight on that character and that's a problem, but that's going to continue yeah. to be an issue and I get that. Um, but no, it's a solid game. I always really loved the crafting in it and how the, the gem crafting elements and you could develop better gems over time and really like just min-max a weapon into some ridiculous territory. I love that. I found the art style really interesting going back because mm-hmm. it looks like Fable, but like a more... I hesitate to use the word serious, but like a, a a fable that's taking itself more seriously. Yeah. And it's an interesting style. And I love the enemy designs. The monsters are really cool. It's less cartoony, I think, in, yeah. than, than fable. But I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's got exaggerated Yeah, it's got very features. aesthetic things in common with that series. But this is... Uh, it's m- much more detailed, yeah, and and there is a, an aim towards fantasy realism. I think that you see in this that uh, Fable doesn't have. God, I'd love a good Fable. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it just? Well, they've got one announced for next gen, haven't they? They've got a Fable announced. Is it going to be a good Fable? Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that remains to be seen, doesn't it? They never did. They ever release that sort of strategy esque one or or whatever it was, where like one is one player is the the villain putting things down. It's hard to believe they didn't, since they released that Connect one, which never worked. That Connect one was awful. That threw me arm out doing that. What, you weren't fans of Fable the Journey? Fable the fucking Journey. Yeah. I'm not going to get on my rant about Fable the Journey and the, the bullshit associated <laughs> with it. My God. Horrible game. Kingdoms of Amalur is good, though. I mean, it, you know, it's still a really good game. Loved it back in the day. Uh, 
glad to be playing it again. Yeah. It would have been nice to have seen changes, though, definitely. I'm, I'm not super angry, but better loading times, um, better camera uh, would have been good. And, you know, just... It would have been nice to have seen some overhauls in stuff, various elements. Um, God, I'd, I'd kill for better stealth. It looks like it could be fun. It just doesn't work, because enemies just wander randomly everywhere. You can't hide from them, unless you're in, like, very specific corridor dungeons. It's just so contextual. It's a waste of skill points. Um, poison's fun, though. Uh, so, yeah, Kingdoms of Amala, played it. Good. Uh, I played a couple of other things I can quickly rattle through. Please tell us. I uh, played some of The Last Campfire, which is that that game from Hello Games, the, the, the people that did No Man's Sky. Ah. The concept is very similar tonally to Spiritfarers that we talked about a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. It's another helping spirits go on to the other side kind of game. Here you play as an ember, which is basically the little person from Journey. You sort of hooded, cloaked person that doesn't speak, and your boat drifts off from the rest of your group. Something goes wrong. Ah, oh, you're you're dead now. You're basically going through these different little afterlife worlds, trying to find other embers who got disheartened on their journey to the afterlife and gave up, and they became little statues around the world. And you gotta go find them and do puzzle platforming to you know, relight their fire and get them back to like, oh yeah, I can I can make the journey to the other side, it's gonna be okay. It is all varying kinds of puzzle platforming. It is um carry the thing and avoid the wind putting it out, or move these things around so you can get up to the top of a thing. It's lots of just walking around and pushing and pulling things to work your way through little puzzle environments. The world design and the audio design are wonderful. They do a good job of setting the, the kind of tone they're going for. They do have a bit of an issue in that the game has a narrator and it really doesn't need one. You know how sometimes you play a game and it's like, this would be better if it was just quiet and music and allowed to be contemplative? Right. Here, this Welsh girl narrator. Either of you, you've, you've watched uh, Star Trek Next Generation, of haven't course, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So you know how in early seasons of that, Deanna Troy would fucking just say the bloody obvious all the fucking time? Yeah, she was really poorly written. Yeah. She would narrate to you things that were very fucking clear were happening. That's the problem. Deanna Troy is the problem with the narration in this game. It is a lot of, I'm going to explain to you the very obvious emotions that are happening right in front of you very slowly, um, as if it's a big revelation to you. It's a lot of that, um, which which is like not not insurmountable but it's a bit irritating it's it's a it's a beautiful little sandbox if you just want to have a few hours of exploring a very a very pretty world and doing some puzzle platforming it is it is a well made game that i have no nothing about it is like this is ah oh, this is amazing you have to play it but there is n i have nothing in the way of real complaints about it it is a good well made game that i kind of feel a bit air about it's been a week for us having pretty pleasant times with games. Yeah. A little uh, time to ruin that, huh? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, well, I got one more. Oh, good. I had a pretty pleasant time playing a game called Spinch. It's a side-scrolling platformer. It's fairly generic, but like the art style is the pixel art equivalent of something like the Beatles' Yellow Submarine music video. Oh, that's delightful. Oh, I'm looking this up. I'm looking this up right now. It is very, very over-the-top uh, psychedelia, but in pixel art form. No, not spinach! 
Spinch. It bloody Google trying to, oh, we, we know better than you. <laughs> We're going to say, what do you... And I look up Spinch. Oh, my God. Laura. Yeah. Laura, 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 okay, Buzz. I looked up. I haven't thought about this game in years. I looked up Spinach game. Is it bringing up Popeye games? Popeye Rush for Spinach, which is a game I played. I love Popeye. You you won't love Rush for Spinach. Oh, no. It's a bad game. I've actually played it. It's a side-scrolling racing game starring Popeye and friends. I just had the same issue as you trying to get fucking images of this game. Right, I've got it up now. <laughs> I got there in the end, though. Yeah, it's just very, like, neon colours and lots of, like, uh, individual lines of colour color next to each it's it's very LSD trippy um and you just the concept is you're this white oval doing platforming trying to collect all of your children so that you can throw your children at enemies as projectiles and they're just like yeah the whole time you do it there's shit in here that looks like it should be in the money for nothing video oh this is very good yeah it's the the art style is fantastic I will warn people, I have zero problems with photosensitivity. Right. I found this game was giving me a headache after a while. It is nah. it is very full on with the art style it's going for. Lots lots if you see it in motion, a lot of these colours will very quickly be moving. Oh Jesus, yes. I just look I'm looking at a video just to say Oh yeah. wow, that is dazzling. Yes, so if you want like a kind of decent side scrolling platformer that fucking does some brilliant visual shit i mean it's it's worth checking out it is a fun slightly surreal time it is fucking a lot yeah. it's got a little bit of the meat boy to it yeah a little meat boy yeah it's definitely easier than something like meat boy oh well sold then yeah i'm here yeah it's basically just you've got a jump you've got a dash sideways and that's about it. Do, do your platforming. There's a timer. It's not like counting down or anything. It's just like, oh, that was your fastest speed on that level if you want to go back and try and do it faster. Very forgiving checkpointing as well. Yeah. They've really fucked themselves calling it Spinch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great name. It's a great name, but they fucked it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... I mean, there's nothing particularly spectacular about the platforming, but the aesthetic carries it. Yeah, yeah, it looks simple, but I could see myself enjoying seeing that in motion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I think, everything I've been playing. I've been playing more Tell Me Why. Continues to be really interesting. I'll probably talk about it more when I've finished the final episode end of this week. Shall we talk about the newsy things? Oh, yeah. Where do we even start? Let's start on a nice one. Jim, there's a new Hyrule Warriors. There's a new Hyrule Warriors. It's a, it's a Breath of the Wild prequel. The, what the fuck? I mean, I, <laughs> that that's one way of doing it. It's it's very interesting for sure. Honestly, my, one of my biggest complaints about Breath of the Wild was all of the most interesting stuff narratively is happening in flashbacks that you have no agency over. And I was like, mm. I, I I, was playing through Breath of the Wild like I want to be playing through that war. So I'm glad they've gone back and made a game set in it. Yeah, and I mean, that sort of makes sense. If you want to show a war, the traditional Zelda gameplay probably isn't the best way to represent big armies. Yeah, and that's the thing. Anuma's thing when he was talking about why he went to Koei is like, I, I brought the idea to them because I wanted to make a game about that war. And Dynasty Warriors games good at showing a war. I mean, it makes it's a it's it's an idea that doesn't make sense until you hear hear the rationale. Yeah, uh, and then then it does make real good sense. And I'm a little bit disappointed that some people seem really pissed off at this, as if they're not still getting Breath of the Wild too. No, this is this is like. 
Nintendo isn't wasting any time. They've handed it to Kawi and just gone, yeah. this'll this'll pad some time out until Breath of the Wild 2 is ready. It's more Breath of the Wild. And when when Kawi is motivated, Kawi and Omega Force can still make good games. Yeah. The, all of their collaborations with Nintendo have been really strong. Yeah, because they've probably got some something on the line. They don't seem to take yeah. pride in their own work. <laughs> <laughs> but give them a license and they'll still crank out a good Warriors game. And the Hyrule Warriors, the first one, of course, I absolutely loved. Uh, the Definitive Edition is the best Zelda game on the Switch. And this, what I like about this is I did all, you know, all trolling and stuff aside, I did like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I gave it a 7 out of 10 because I thought it was a good, a good game. But there were many frustrations that held it back a lot for me. And mm. I love the idea of a game presented in exactly my perfect format without the kind of bullshit. <laughs> because if you've put a weapon degradation system in a Dynasty Warriors game, you, <laughs> fucked, you have fucked your whole house up. Um, so it, it won't have the things that annoyed me, like rain when you're mountain climbing or, or again, the weapon degradation. It gives me a chance to experience Breath of the Wild's world, which I really like. Experience a really interesting facet of the world, which is the war, yeah. and do it in a way that is actually tailor-made for me. Yeah. I've, got, I, I've got nothing to complain about here. Yeah, this is this is the thing in the, the winter that I'm probably most excited about now. I'm real up for this. Yeah. I mean, I'll register mild disappointment in the fact that a continuation of the first Hyrule Warriors with all those characters would be great. However... I, I 100% believe as soon as you finish the story, they'll be like, okay, here's a bunch of other content and you can still use those other characters. If they brought Zant in, but in that art style, God, I'd mark out. I'd love it. I, I reckon a coat of paint over those existing character models and their uh, their movesets, you can make that work. Maybe. But even if they just stick to, they've confirmed Link, Zelda, and the the four champions. Mm. And I mean, that's enough to be getting on with if if they've extensively. It wouldn't be the first time Tecmo Koei has done a Warriors game with a limited amount of characters and more of a focus on a campaign. But one of those games was, uh, in fact, the most prominent one was Warriors of Troy, which was done by mm. Tecmo. Um, it was done by the Canadian team, and it was fucking shit. Yeah. And it's on the PS, it's on the um, PlayStation Now, under Japanese Classics, which it shouldn't be, that one's Canadian, and it shouldn't be under Classic Anything, unless it's a classic example of something that shouldn't be developed by anyone. Yeah. That, there's, a, there's other characters in that narrative I can already think of where I'm like, oh, they're going to be a playable character. Like, I bet I bet the king's going to be a playable character. Like, there's there's various people, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that Nintendo's worked really closely with them on this. That gives me hope that there's going to be plenty of, like, narrative content, and yeah. they're not going to do the thing they keep doing when they make licensed games for other people, where they go, here's our self-insert character who will be the real hero of the story. What I, what I find really <laughs> fun about this, though, is a sequel to Hyrule Warriors is a prequel to Breath of the Wild. <sighs> I, I really like how that kind of yeah. feeds into itself narratively. That's it's fascinating that this is a thing that gets to exist and I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly okay with with this. Nothing to complain about there. Oh, let's let's switch to a bit of less positive news. Uh, while we're on Nintendo, Nintendo announced that they're finally doing that 3D Mario game collection, Mario 3D All Stars. Oh, you can get all the all the games in one package. There is no way they could Nintendo that up, Laura. Oh, I I I refuse to say they've Nintendoed it up because to Nintendo it up is to do one silly weird mistake that you don't understand how they did. This is a calculated anti-consumer move they have done. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, this game is going to be on sale physically and digitally only until the end of March 2021, which conveniently is the end of the financial year. Look, if there's going to be a Disney of video games, who else would it be? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The Nintendo Vault. Yeah. Like, it's something that you could easily see be a thing. Yeah. I hope to God this isn't a sign of things going forward. I want to believe, and this is not a good situation, but I want to believe that it is a case of we've made artificial scarcity because COVID year has been bad and we want to boost our numbers before the end of the financial year. Well, you know, Club Nintendo was pretty successful as a loyalty program. Sure did drive people to push and get those limited opportunity games and what if we just expanded that to our entire consumer base? I bet we'd rake in a ton. Not a single fucker can tell me, though, now that Nintendo doesn't manufacture scarcity. People push back on me with this shit, and I told them time and time again... This is the definition of manufactured scarcity. I told them time and time again, right? Nintendo does this as a routine. You can't tell me it's not on purpose because they do it every time. Justin worked at Target. He saw how many shipments of things they got in. It was pathetic. Oh, yeah. And it was on purpose. And it was exactly what toy companies did to, with Justin because they were trying to make their toys hard to get at Christmas. And it's not new. Like uh, I don't know how recently Justin worked at Target, but I used to work at Circuit City, and they've been out of business for a long time now. And I was running a video game department, and we would get, at best, six copies of a new release Nintendo game. Uh, console launch, Jesus Christ, I was so glad I wasn't there when the Wii dropped, because oh, God. fucking hell. And they all do it. Oh, the amount of abuse Justin and others would get at Target, because Nintendo didn't send them enough shit. Yeah. I mean, not entirely Nintendo's fault. If you're a customer at a shop... And someone's trying to help you and they can't get you something. Don't be rude to them. Please. You, you arrogant fuck. You're not better than them. But the, the thing that we have to hammer home here is the thing that makes this artificial scarcity is the fact that they're, they're delisting the digital download yeah. at the end of March. You can't tell me they don't do it anymore. They literally, it's like the Ubisoft political thing. Ubisoft literally drew you a picture this time. And don't come up with your emails of, oh, the raised fist has been used for centuries. Yes. As if Ubisoft didn't know what it was fucking doing when it used that one now. And you can't tell me that Nintendo isn't manufacturing scarcity when it's doing it now. They're doing it as well with their Mario um, Battle Royale <laughs> that, again, yeah. is only available to the end of March. I hope with the physical copies they send secret police round to the shops <laughs> to seize them with cattle prods. Fucking Nintendo. Yeah. 
Uh, I've already seen um, theory-mongering that uh, stores will order additional stock of this oh. and deliberately not put it out until March 31st passes and sell them uh, at a markup as used copies of a game that's no longer sold. Well, that indicates a fundamental misunderstanding about how far retailers get to deal with manufacturers and distributors, let me tell you, because yeah. you don't just get to say, I want more. Nope. It doesn't work that way. You say, I want this much, and they say, you get what we fucking give you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's how it is. Yeah. In Nintendo's case, it gives you maybe three consoles sometimes. Yeah. Three. Justin once got a shipment of three systems from them. It's not just them. I did the Xbox 360 launch for Circuit City, and you, know, you would get one of the high-end Xbox and three of the mid-range on a day that you had been telling people for five, six days now that you haven't had any in stock that they're supposed to be coming in on that day. And it fucked them all. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the shit rains on the people working in the stores yep. yes like they're, they're the ones that suffer the most they're the ones that have to be there to have to stand there be berated and take it and even if you're not even if you're not being berated it sucks day after day after day to have people come to you and say is it here yet you know you get to know people after a while. Yeah. No, yeah. And it ain't happy. And you feel bad every time having to turn them away. It is a, a emotionally oppressive thing to do in the best of circumstances. And people are all, and, and for people who are already working retail, which is a job made so much fucking harder than it should be. Yes. Because of so much bastardry that goes on. I have to deal with so much shit, and on top of that, Nintendo's like, oh, here, have some little nuggets of rabbit poo on top. You know what's the worst thing? It's not going to stop this selling. This is already the second most purchased game of the year, and it's not out for another week or so. It's the second best-selling game of the year. It's amazing what an arbitrary cut-off date for purchase will do, even this far out. It... You tell someone this'll go, and they'll panic by, look what happened to toilet paper. Gamers care more about games than toilet paper, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'm one of the people. I've ordered a copy of this. I will play these at some point on a handheld. I will have fun doing that, so fuck it, I'm part of the problem. If a Nintendo fan had to choose between toilet paper and this, and, and this collection of old Mario games they've already played... They would sit there in their own shit. They would sit there in their own shit playing Mario 64, their arseholes itching and red raw. Well, and the worst part is, is that they don't even ship the games with physical manuals. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't even have that to wipe your ass with. Use their hands. They use their hands. They'll get shit all over their switch screens. I'm pretty sure that's what will will happen. I'm telling you, everybody, buy a bidet. It's going to change your fucking life. Mm -hmm. He loves his bidet. I do. He's a bugger for a bidet, as Conrad. Uh, other things we've got this week. UFC 4, that <laughs> ultimate fighting championship game, released a couple of months ago. Not much fanfare. You do some, some fighting people, ultimately. <laughs> and... A couple of months after launch, they've decided to do a little update to it. And Oh, a little update? I love yeah. video game updates. Oh, Laura, 
surely EA hasn't EA'd this. Ah, oh, it's funny you say that. A game that previously didn't have in-game advertising now has in-game advertising wedged into oh it. Some God. of it, you know, not too too upfront. Some of no. it's like, oh, there's there's a logo on some shorts or something. Yeah, that's not too bad, Laura. That's if it gets no more egregious than that, Laura, that'll be fine. Oh, on the upper end though, there is worse. There's a worse gym. Funny you should mention. Oh, uh, full screen adverts full for. Amazon Prime shows that take up the whole screen for a few seconds. Oh, I've always wanted to know when The Boys Season 2 is coming out. I'm so glad that UFC 4 told me. Fucking hell, I'd have never known. Although, demographically, the targeting, on point. I I think that that's the right people to advertise to. Yeah, they knew who they were advertising to. I refuse to believe if you're playing UFC 4, you don't know The Boys (laughs) Season 2's fucking coming out. Pull the other one. It's got bells Uh. on. It's, Big adverts. It, like, I remember yeah. UFC 3, which also got the ads, being a fucking... I found an old video I did. Fucking loot box festival. It's never enough, folks. I've told yeah. you this before. It will never be enough. Microtransactions, loot boxes, season passes, DLC, adverts. None of it's enough. And this is this is EA doing what EA always does. This is EA pushing the boat, seeing, how, seeing what it can get away with. If people hadn't complained, they wouldn't have taken them out. They'd have just gotten worse. And they will keep getting worse until they can't get away with something. Then they scale it back to some other bad shit they were doing. And we all sit here and think, oh, well, at least it's not the bad thing they did. It's fine. And it's not fine. And somewhere, somewhere along the way in the midst of all of this, there will be an innovation. Mm. And then it all starts all over again. Yeah. Like, I, I, I check in on the mobile market at times. I've seen what's coming. Oh, Jesus. I've seen what's coming. Yeah. It's not good. And, you know, I mean, let's let's be honest. That's where EA steals its ideas. It's where a lot of companies steal their ideas. They, they're like, what evil shit is happening on phones? Oh, we'll take that. So, yeah, this, this is EA seeing what, what it can get away with as usual. It did its usual performance. Do the bad thing. Eat the backlash, which apparently, according to a report I saw this morning, they knew was coming. They just... I, I guess, thought, fuck them, because that's what EA thinks. It just, fuck them. Yeah. We'll see if we can brute force it through them. They couldn't, and they did what they always do. We're sorry, we learned our lesson. You have learned your lesson every year for, like, ten years, and it's the same lesson you keep telling us you learned, EA. At some point, you are just lying. EA's not even the only company that's done this in no. recent memory, though, because, like, Activision did it with Crash Team Racing and putting the microtransactions in, like, a month after launch. Last year, 2K did ads as well, apparently, yeah. which someone on Twitter pointed out to me, like, as if it made the EA one okay. Mm-hmm. And I told yeah. them it doesn't make it okay, and they went, I'm just saying it was done before Nostradamus, which is funny, because the video this smug turnip was replying to actually pointed out how I called <laughs> these ad things before 2K did them. Because I called it, like, over two years ago, I said ads like this could be coming. I said, I see it, I foresee this happening. I, I showed the clip in the video. So, you know what? Maybe don't pick a video where I demonstrate I called it to sarcastically refer to me as Nostra fucking Damas, a mate. Oh, we all know you're the Cassandra of video games. Uh, well, I mean, that's the one you go for because it's true. It's damn true. So anyway, called it. 
it happened. Yeah. And and EA is performing exactly. I mean, this is the thing about the predictions I make. Very few of them are good, like positive, hopeful. Well, that as well. But very few of them require some great level of foresight. No. It's just observed behavior. I, I've been doing this job now since 2006. I have seen these companies behave, and I have become more and more disillusioned the more I've seen it, and better and better at anticipating how they think and how they behave. And I don't care what game developer goes on Twitter to try and tell me my business. I'm not telling you your fucking business. I'm criticizing the business that you are under the thumb of, but are too busy sucking corporate ass to tell, uh, by the way. <laughs> the new normal is becoming, here's, here's a, a business practice that we know you're not going to like, which is going to wait until after launch and hope you don't notice us put it in. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, just as a quick follow-up to the to my withering statement there, um, I also get a lot of feedback from developers who are actually um, thrilled with the stuff we talk about on the Jimquisition in here. Um, stuff like this. Because there are people who maybe aren't treated as well as the game industry, as some higher-ups in this industry, and actually know what it's really like to work at the lower rungs of these companies that yeah. hire more, more, you know... Um, privileged members of the industry like to champion and stick up for you know i've spoken to people who have been treated like shit and i'm gonna believe them over someone who's in a position of authority um, especially considering what we've seen um when there's a little too much unchecked authority in this industry oh, talking of unchecked youth uh, authority you authority because i saw where you were going yeah you 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 be authority uh reminder everyone the day this episode goes up there's another you be forward presentation hooray i can't you excited wait. for ubisoft's titles they promised all the details all of them they said they tweeted they said oh god Ubi forward is coming all the details I wonder what details. Will we find out what happened to Sergei Haskway? Will we find out if there are criminal proceedings for the rape? Will we find this out, Ubisoft? Or will you just tell us that Hyperscape is out again? Reminder, everyone. Last time they did a UB Forward, they, they did that tweet where they were, uh, which didn't use the hashtag UB Forward, going, oh, well, we would address all of the allegations that have happened against us, but this is a pre-recorded video and it all happens so close, we don't have time to edit the videos, we can't yeah. address it here. Oh, we're so sorry. Are you going to address it in this one? Because you've had the time. Yeah, you've had a lot of fucking time. Yeah, you've had time to edit your video this time to put it in there i somehow suspect you won't though you know what what i'm not gonna predict that they won't do it you know what if 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 Eve went out and was like i'm a dickhead <laughs> cool i'd like to see it i i will like i would like to see it but if they don't do it if they don't address this, I'm going to dine on it for months. Yeah. If if Eves comes out and goes, I'm a dickhead who did not pay enough attention to what my employees were doing and as a result fostered a place where abuse was rife. If he comes out and just does that in that wording, I'll go a bit easier on Ubisoft. I will occasionally go... Yeah, they've got abusers at their company, but the video game is also good. I'll I'll eat I'll ease back like that much if Eves will just come out and say it. Here's here's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, if Eve Jameau comes out there right at the beginning of this whole thing 
and provide some mealy-mouthed acknowledgement of the problems oh, with no, you know, detail or or anything of the sort, but, you know, just mentions it. I will continue to treat Ubisoft with the same level of respect that I have up to this point. But if but if they don't then I feel like I have to start getting more creative. Yeah, we've, we've got to escalate. Yeah. I have, I have a reminder for everyone as well of something specific I don't think we've specifically said here before. So we've talked about the fact that a bunch of these abusers who got fired got to keep their, their shares in Ubisoft when they were fired. Yeah. That specifically means that for, let's say, something like Ubi Forward, where potentially a lot of hype around the company might raise the company's share prices, because, oh, everyone's excited, it went over well, the, the company's worth more money. That means that the shares of the the abusers are worth more money. Oh, yeah. You hyping up Ubisoft can put money in abusers' pockets. It doesn't matter how hard Ubisoft cleans house. It's stained. Yeah. It's stained, and every bit of money Ubisoft gets, every every success Ubisoft sees, will support abusers. Yeah. They've got their shares. Ubisoft's success is the success of abusers. Yeah. There is a financial reward for those abusers, even though they've left the company, if the company continues to do well. They can't extricate themselves from that. They can. They can divest themselves of, you know, they can have those people divest themselves of the stock. They can buy that stock back and no longer have their fortunes tied to abusers, and they won't. That's the fact. Exactly. That is indeed the fact. I mean, the company is rotten. When when Charlie Guillermo is, Jumeau uh, rather, is making basically fascist fanfic video games. Oh, fucking hell. And, and, and I don't care how many people try and find some way to devil's advocate for Ubisoft. There are better hills to die on <laughs> than defending Ubisoft. But it's because I dared mention BLM. Oh, sorry, did did we actually get close to the actual truth of people's issues with the video? Oh, zip it. Oh. I'll keep it zipped. Fucking hell. Uh. Ubisoft is filth. It is slime. It is scum. It doesn't need anyone going to bat for it. Yeah. Because it spent decades going to bat for physical and mental assaulters. Yeah. Uh, last thing we have on the docket, docket list for the for the for the news this week. Um, we finally know some information about next gen consoles that are coming in. Literally about two months, two months to the day from when this episode goes up, there's going to be some next gen consoles out. Now I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to bring up. Because, you know, it was the big news of the week. But even though the Xbox news is the one that's important, oh, we did get some PS5 details at last. Oh, I've got... Hey, I was going to go to the PS5 news first. Oh, I have wonderful. it on here. Don't worry. Do, do you want to introduce us to that PlayStation 5 pre-order news? <laughs> so, we, so we still don't have a date for the PS5, for us regulars at least, and we don't have a price. Unless... <laughs> unless, unless. unless unless you are the kind of person that wants to buy a console made of literal gold. Gold-plated. It is a gold-plated console. In a gold-plated console, it, off the top of my head, I believe the cost is $7,999. U.S. pounds, $7,999. Oh. Sorry, U.S. pounds, $7,999 Great British pounds. And here's the thing that I fucking love about it's this, worse. right? Is that you can... There is... There's someone out there who is going to spend that amount of money on 
the digital only PlayStation Five, but they yeah. won't kick in the extra hundred quid <laughs> to get the disc drive. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful! Oh, wonderful! Oh, I might get it myself. I'll call it a tax write-off. This this organization they do this every time. I like I can I'm yeah. sure I'm I'm fairly certain I wrote a story about them doing this for PlayStation 4. I've written stories about this in the past. I know it happens every generation. It's fantastic. But right now, the only two ways we know of to pre-order a PlayStation 5 are ask Sony very, very nicely if you're a good enough gamer, or spend thousands on one plated in gold. And, and you know what? It's it is a gold-plated power move on the part of these people because let's face it you know no matter what the the price of the playstation 5 winds up being they're gonna be they're gonna make a profit on this this is ridiculously overpriced for what they're gonna do to these things so they win either way and they get to capitalize on being the only price in town <laughs> and hell if you can afford the credit check for the ps5 you could probably afford this if you order uh the golden Gold-plated PS5. And gold-plated controller. And gold-plated controller. It'd probably get here quicker <laughs> for the purposes of my job than a regular one. I mean, they'll take care of their gold members, right? <laughs> I, would, I would imagine so. Yes. I mean, it's for the same price. Actually, for a grand cheaper. Two grand cheaper. I could get a life-size Terminator, slap a wig on it, and call it Android Wilson. <laughs> Here's the thing. These people aren't going to get their orders of consoles either in the amount that they require to fulfill how many they sell. That's the only reason it's as expensive as it fucking is. How many are there? Who knows? God knows. H have they got a limited edition? Yeah, yeah, I don't think they've listed a quantity. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I'm fully expecting that they've baked into the price of this having to pay scalper prices to yeah. get them to gold plate to send yeah. out. What if I got it? <laughs> I mean, I'd have to. That would be the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> if it's a business expense, <laughs> it would take a lot off what I would have to give to to the daddy economy. It's true. <laughs> um, In a way, it will pay for itself. Uh, so we, we got some actual news about the Xbox, um, mainly because they were going to talk about it next week, but then a bunch of stuff leaked. And in Microsoft's credit, they responded very well to like, oh shit, our stuff leaked. Fuck it, fine. Here you go. We'll be, we'll be a bit cute about it. Here's all the, the info. Xbox Series X is a real thing. It will run all of the Xbox Series X games. It will run all, all the next-gen games. Um, from what I can tell, the only downgrade is it doesn't run games at 4K. It runs them at a maximum of 1440p, which, I mean, for a lot of people, that's the, the screen they have in their living room. That's that's plenty. Yeah, that's the deal-breaker for me, personally. I mean, yeah. part of my job as well with, you know... I, and I've got 4K, so I might as well use it. Is this TV that I have 4K? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay, so I have a 4K TV now, too. So, yeah, I guess it's time, but yeah. If the only downgrade to the Xbox One S was the lack of disk drive, I'd probably go for it just because a lot. I gave up. I, I don't go digital for most stuff, unless it's Ubisoft games, which I will be getting used. But I actually really welcome a console that I, you know, a console platform coming into it in this generation where I don't feel obligated to 
get 4K. Now, uh, yeah. You know, because uh, yeah, I, I just re recently apparently got 4K, but I probably wouldn't until I was forced to do so by media. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, if you look at the, the specs sheet comparison to the, the X, uh, it's got the same uh, the same CPU. It runs games at the same speed. It's got the, uh, the same SSD quality. Granted, it's only 512 meg, which is going to fill up fast on next-gen games, I imagine, but comes with a with a with an SSD in there. Um, it, it supports ray tracing. It supports all the fancy tech things that the X does. Seemingly, if they're being honest, the only difference is lack of disk drive and a lower maximum resolution output, which considering it's half the fucking price, it's £250, I think, or $300. That's that's a real tempting proposition for a lot of people. It's interesting. Th it is interesting, though, that the only real difference seems to be that higher resolution support. Yeah. They, they keep saying that that is the only difference, that it will it will run like games at the same frame rates as the X. It'll run all of the like fancy post-processing visual effects they want to do. They are saying it's a $200 difference if you just don't mind about 4K. Just on GPU power, it seems. Yeah, we, we will put in a weaker GPU, but everything else will run the same. Which is not... It's not fucking crazy to consider. Yeah. Um, and the... Yeah, they lose money on the consoles at launch. The hardware's always more expensive. So I could see them taking a hit there to try and push more in. Yeah, and honestly, here's the thing. It, it, I don't know if it's for me or not, but after like tweeting about, talking about this on Twitter, I have seen so many people go... I have a 1080p TV and I don't really intend to upgrade, yeah. but I want to be able to play all of the new Xbox games and I'm intrigued by like the faster loading times and all this stuff. I want to, I want to have a next-gen Xbox. Th yeah, I've seen so many people who've specifically said I was I was not interested at all in next-gen because 500 is way too much for me to pay. If I can get a console that plays the next-gen games at this price, I'm hopping to, over to Xbox. It's not stupid. I mean, I know, a, I know a good few people who are looking forward to this generation because they could then afford PS fours and, and xbox one yeah so this is having an affordable strata of console is yeah it's, it's only smart it's definitely something that sony has no answer to right now one well, and sony has generally gone the prestige end yeah of this so i i get it you know while we're talking about affordability then you know we kind of also need to talk about the installment plan that they're offering which yeah i have to say okay yes off the top if you are interested in all of the things that it offers you it represents a decent value due to it being yeah. a no interest proposition i yeah i got a lot of shit from people when i pointed out that you know you're paying like 68 to 72 percent over retail for the box because you also have to take the service and a lot of people are like well why would you get the box without the service and you know what maybe i'm an edge case yeah I've I've seen a lot of people who are like I I fully intended to get Xbox Game Pass because that is how I will play all the first party games, and like apparently uh, of the two installment plans for the S and the X, one of them uh, works at about fifty fifty dollars more expensive than it would have been to buy the two things uh, you know separately. I think it's for the X. It works out slightly cheaper than it would have done to separately get the Xbox and two years of game pass which is i can understand why that's appealing i can appreciate why this seems like a win for everyone 
I really yeah. do. I, I get it because Microsoft gets to, you know, they're they're going to sell them for the same price. Yeah. You know, they're not going to lose any money on the sale, really. The, uh, the cost of the service to them is insignificant considering what the service is. So they're not losing anything on that. And they're getting the platform into homes very quickly, very reliably. It is a big win for Microsoft. It's I get why consumers are fucking would fucking love it. Would love to be able to just like get in on on next gen right away and not have to hem and haw and think about oh can I you know plonk down hundreds of dollars to buy another console. And it's great for Microsoft because it guarantees that that person is locked into their ecosystem for a while. Well, I mean that's something somebody else brought up to me because the thing they point out is like well no the box is yours right out away you can go and resell or do whatever you want. So you mean to fucking tell me? You're going to get your Xbox One X, take it out of the box, immediately devalue it, then sell it used and be locked into this payment plan for two years? What the yeah. fuck is... What? This no. makes no logical sense. No, once, once you've bought it, you are, you are going to be an Xbox person for two years. Ma that's fine. Like, I, it's pretty common to pick one console manufacturer over another one. I think where I sort of start to get a little about all of this really is the aspect of all of the subscription model uh, micropayment approach that is moving into every aspect of our life. Mm. Um, I find I've always found that to be kind of troubling. And, yeah. uh, you know, you see people making the comparison to cellular phone plans in now. And, you know, when you get a cell phone now, you really are paying on an installment plan along with your service charge for uh, whoever it is you get your cell phone service from. And that's how cell phones are sold. And I get that. I don't think that's a fair comparison when you consider the necessity the, and the increasing necessity for a sm smartphone mobile device in our current world and an Xbox One X. I just can't. Yeah, the the phone the phone model exists because we live in a world where, let's say, your your phone that you bought, uh, you know, just out and out bought is broken and you, you're like, I need a, I need a new phone and I need it today. I can't afford to save up until... I, I can't wait and get it later. I need to have a phone now. Fuck it, I'll get one on... I'll get one on a contract. Yeah, I mean, it's something we are fundamentally dependent on once you're in that system. Yeah, whereas, like, games console isn't quite that same kind of I need to have it right now. I cannot afford to wait until later. And I'm not here to judge how anybody spends their money or to tell you you're doing yeah. it wrong because you're not being... You're not willing to wait or that you're being irresponsible with your budget. It's nothing of the sort. I just, it's just concerning to me as a trend in finance. It's not a one-to-one -one comparison. Yeah. It is, it is definitely, it's different financing something that is a necessity versus financing a desired item. Yeah. Now, all of this is fine and dandy, unless... Calling it the Xbox Series X and S and whatever else they want to do puts them in a Wii U situation, which some people have already said is a... Like, they've been criticised by people in the industry for it. It's like, this is potentially confusing in the way the Wii U was. I had to spend several hours today trying to confirm something that, like, I, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I don't know it for certain. And I work in the fucking games industry as my full-time job. I should know this. Hang on, can I predict? Can I predict? What? They're going to come out with a Series E. What do you reckon the Series E will be? 
What's that stand for? Oh, who knows? But it'll go right between the S and the X. <laughs> the, the economy. There uh, we go. It's a small economy, extra large. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my thing I didn't know for certain was, will all Xbox Series X games run on the Series S? And it turns out the answer is yes, but I didn't know that for certain. I was like, is are there going to be things exclusive to the top end one? With it, like, what, what, what's going on? Is it just a controller or is it a whole new system? It's that again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they can maintain software parity between these two platforms for, uh, you know, a period of five years, that's a huge fucking win. And we already know that yeah. the way the, the, industry is headed we will have an announcement of some incremental increase in another two three years and the s will fall off and then it will be the next thing i i really think they've figured this out to to just make it a uh uh, a live service if you will for video game consoles fucking brilliant yeah i i know people who that that 250 pound price point has really caught oh it's fucking remarkable yeah that that is that is cheaper than i expected and the series s has more of the specs of the series x than i expected i did not expect it to be this this big of a discount for that little sacrificed in in specs i'll say this as well this seems to like track perfectly with microsoft's whole deal about accessibility and getting its games and xbox live into as many homes as possible oh completely agreed i mean it's always been for them about being the one box in your living room and by putting by making that box only 250 bucks yeah that's not hard to imagine exactly um that is that is the sweet spot that like you you can sell a lot of consoles at that price yep plus and and you know past performance no indication etc especially in this case it seems like every company has a go at the top of the mountain and then next generation they get fucking arrogant and fuck it up oh i i maintain there is a cycle uh it's a three console cycle they all go through which is the i'm on top of the fucking world i got overconfident and i fucked up majorly okay let's just do something good and stable well, yeah and we'll try and go top of the mountain again next time last generation microsoft come in barreling in fucking arrogant Oh, we're going to have all these TV shows and shit associated with the Xbox One and you won't be able to play second-hand games on it. And then the PS4 kind of came in and took all its thunder away, just like the generation before where the PS3 was the one that came in arrogant with its fucking take-a-second-job-if-you-want-a-PS3. You you look at the Wii being the biggest thing in the world and then the Wii U being the arrogant Mm -hmm. next step and then the Switch being like, hey, we're not going to try and be the Wii again, but we're just going to be... A good console that, that a reasonable good number of people buy. If I were if I were laying a wager based purely on how the industry has worked until now, I'd be yeah. like, okay, this time Xbox has it locked up way more than Sony does, and will do better. I mean, it's unpredictable. You never know, and and it, it, it's just how it's always shaken out before. Xbox seemed to be on the upswing in terms of providing things that customers want. And Sony seems to be on the downswing of not quite getting it right now. Yeah. They, they're trending in those directions. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how Sony responds to this, because obviously they don't have an answer to a £250 next-gen entry point. They are going for the, the big top-of-the-line thing. They've talked so little about the fucking PlayStation, I, I'm curious how they... Because they at least have the advantage if they've seen Xbox blink first, so now they can react somewhat. Yeah. Is that it? Do we do it? 
Oh, I hope so. I'm in significant amounts of pain. I think we did it. Oh, consoles come out November 10th. There we go. Done. Right. Right. Laura. Me? Look. Look, we know that it comes out November 10th, but... You have things that have come out and will come out and people want to know. Yeah, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. You will have missed it by now, but the most recent stream I will have done would have been Paradise Killer. And then I'll probably be back on Fall Guys by Friday. Every Friday I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a YouTube show I do about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, This week's episode is a real big episode episode about Tell Me Why, that I have a special guest co-host on, and I put a lot of work into this one, I'm real happy with how it turned out. It's me having some nice positive thoughts about trans representation rather than doing a big complaint, which will be nice. I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels, that's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. It's out on February 4th, 2021. And there's Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories, and that'll hopefully be out in time for Pride Month 2021. Then there's podcasts. Pixel Squirt, talk about video game porn. Queer and Pleasant Strangers, I talk about things that aren't video games sometimes, like music and films. I watched the director's cut of Aliens this week. That was, that was, a, that's got some good scenes in it that weren't in the original. The director's cut's very good. Yeah, it gives some more context to stuff like Newt before everything goes to shit, which was appreciated. I'm also on Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's a self contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven with. Conrad. Hey, that's right. You can hear me there. You can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman, and you can hang out with me as a stream on Twitch three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, and my show just runs right into Laura, so you can hang out with both of us. It's pretty fun. Uh, you can also buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at Pinful Truth or audiobooks from me at Conrad Reads. And I do have a Patreon, and, and that is the thing that helps me do all of the other things that I'm doing um, in a way that lets me eat. So that helps, too. And you know who else has a Patreon for much the same purses, pur- purpose? Jim, do you know who that is? For, yeah, for the For the purpose of living and survival. Purses, yeah, for the purposes. I have... A Jimquisition, that's all it is. It's Patreon Jimquisition.com slash Jimquisition. Work it out. And I'm on Twitch as well, like everyone else. So that also is Twitch TV slash Jimquisition. It's really just that easy. Um, I think that's about it. Go to Go Professional Wrestling on Twitch if you want to rewatch the Polycult Party or if you want to watch it, you, you didn't catch it live. Um, there'll be news on that, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, hail the region. And that's about it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.